Oh, here we go again. Hey, everybody. We're back again. This is Your Two Dads. And today we actually have yet another dad we're bringing you this time, uh, Matthew Rollins. He's from out on the West Coast, I believe, uh, in or near Oregon. And he is helping business owners move from burnout to breakthrough. We're here to uh, talk to him today about what he thinks he might be able to share to our uh, small but hopefully growing dad podcast population. And we uh, just wanted to start out by kind of you know, getting to know him a little bit. Why don't you give us a little bit of the background on you, uh, Matthew, just, you know, the broad strokes or whatever you think is interesting. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's, uh, I'm, I'm pumped to be here. And so, uh, hello everybody out there in, in podcast land. Um, no, you know, for, for me, so I, let's see, I grew up in a family of seven and so just kind of on the, like on the family dynamic side, grew up, um, family of seven in like in a home where, uh, faith was uh, important. Um, my dad died when I was two, and then my mom remarried uh, when I was six or seven. So we've got a blended family, and it's been um, just kind of like a, a positive experience, but also just crazy with with seven of us growing up. And so um, let's see, I have always I've worked in the education industry. I don't think I call it an industry, organizations uh, for the, the school district here in Oregon. And at one point, like sold all my stuff and traveled around the world for six and a half months. So I have a lot of love for for traveling and experiencing other cultures. I lived in Mexico and learned Spanish and uh, was there for a year and a half. So yeah, I have a lot of value for language and cultures and and, and family. And at this point, I, so I built an Airbnb business and sold it, built a magazine and, and uh, sold that too. And so at this point, really my love is... Uh, coaching people, coaching business owners and entrepreneurs and helping them kind of move from overwhelm and burnout and anxiety and depression to to finding their breakthrough. So that's kind of hopefully quick broad strokes there. So, Well, I definitely got uh, quite a bit that I could touch on as far as questions for later on. I typically leave my opening, every time we have a question, I leave the opening salvo to Dan to give me time to, you know, compose my thoughts and hopefully look a little bit better. So <laughs> I'm not going to do anything to break that trend. Why don't you go ahead and hit him with whatever you might want to take out first there, Dan? Right on. Um, so you are from or you're in Oregon, right? Yeah, Portland, Oregon. All right, right on. Actually, my sister, she's, um, let's see, about six years older than I am. She was actually born and raised in Pendleton. And I was just yeah. wondering about how close are you and if you've ever been or or anything. Totally. No, that's, that's right. Yeah. I love, so, so Portland, Oregon is in between two, uh, two mountain ranges. And so it gets a ton of rain and, and it's always known as kind of like rainy and wet and cloudy. And then if you cross the the Cascade mountain range and head East, it's just like desert and flat and dry. And so I've spent a lot of time in, in, if you go Southeast into like Bend, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Bend, Oregon. It's, it's kind of, been put on the map a little bit, uh, a lot of microbreweries and a lot of outdoor stuff. So Pendleton is, is like kind of on the complete other end of the state, but it's, it's got a cool name for like, I don't know if you guys have heard of Pendleton blankets, but Pendleton, Pendleton blankets are these kind of native, they're like really high quality wool blankets that are, have native prints and they become like super hip and trendy too. So you'll see them at like these boutiques in downtown Portland, but um, I haven't spent much time in Pendleton, but it's got a good rep. Right on. 
are you into sports at all? You know, I've growing up, uh, my brothers did more of like team sports, like basketball, football. So I did like wrestling, cross country. Um, and then a little bit later got into some martial arts, boxing, um, karate. So not, I, I, I like, I like volleyball and, and football, but I'm not, I'm not per se the, you know, basketball, football, some of the, uh, how about you? Are you, uh, are you, a a sports a sports fan? Oh yeah. I grew up watching the major three. I've actually got the NBA finals game on mute in the background just for, you know, something there. And, uh, well, I was that was going to lead into another question. Uh, I was going to since you're from Oregon, uh, it might might not even this might not even work. But uh, I was going to ask you if you if you like the Ducks or the Beavers. They'll say in Oregon, well, like if you're if you go for both, they call you a platypus. Like the so <laughs> I'd probably be I'd probably be a mix of both. But my my dad uh, grew up a big Beavers fan, and, and same with uh, my grandpa. So it's it's definitely like in the blood here, and so it's. Um, I'd probably have to like walk the walk the middle line, but it's I grew up in the family, so right on, right on. Yeah. Anyway, right you on. got anything, Corey, that you want to ease into or you've been surprisingly giving. Uh I've actually got quite a bit that I can pull from. I'm gonna start with with what I've got already, what I had previously planned. Uh, I just want to mention your Facebook profile makes you look like you're from the British royal family. You look like you could be, you know, Harry or or you know, one of them's like I don't know, I won't say brother. It's certainly cousin for sure. Cousin, you could fit right in. Like if you walked in, they would just be like, oh yeah, there goes whoever. They wouldn't even notice. Yeah, I, I just I have to work on that like British accent, and I don't know if that's I, I think anymore that's a bad thing. Like it seems like the royal family's kind of fallen from graces, but uh, I'll take it, man. If if I look like I could fit into, if I could get one of those stipends, you know, where they like you just get like a billion pounds every year. Like, dude, there's got to be some me. book that you can like just sign your name to, like yeah. you know, just in the castle or whatever. Sir Matthew um, okay. Rollins, I'm cool. Like, <laughs> uh, let me know how that works out for you. They uh, they're apparently around uh, America quite a bit, and you're near California, so you've got better chance than I do. I'm in. So, really, all that I know about Oregon is that it rains a lot, and that mm-hmm. basically every every drug is legal. So, given uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but, but not much. You know, cannabis is legal, psilocybin is legal. Both things very, very illegal in Tennessee and, and likely will be until I die, maybe until my son dies. That being said, it sounds awesome there. But is the state in general really that easygoing or does Portland really just have a big say in what goes on like all over the place? It's a good it's a good question. And yeah, a funny story. So we were at uh, over last summer. Uh, my wife and I were walking around like they do a lot of these farmer market, uh, craft maker, farmer market type stuff. And so I was I was walking through and there was this whole booth where they were like selling like mushrooms and, and psilocybin. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, hey, th- you know, rock on, you know, but I'm like, also like it's still like from I was like looking up online uh, from, from my understanding, it's still like a federal offense. And I'm like, yo, girl, this is cool. If for some reason a federal agent wanted to like roll through here and like you're probably looking at like 10 years in prison if they so it's sometimes it's like this like detached like oh everything's cool I'm like well actually I don't know that I would just sell this at a farmer's market I might like <laughs> dip into an alley so yeah it is a funny it's a funny uh dynamic but yeah I would say like Portland is like 1000% its own microcosm in Oregon um I'd say probably like Eugene Eugene has kind of that hippie vibe. Portland has like uh, is a very, 
yeah, progressive, liberal, kind of like it's the like you'll see the bumper stickers like uh, keep Portland weird, you know. So it's very Portland is very much like, hey, come here, do you, be you, whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you you travel to some of the like Bend has a little bit more of a an outdoorsy hippie kind of vibe. So it's I wouldn't say that Portland is Portland is like one thousand percent its own thing, good and bad, and, and then the rest of the state. It kind of get in where you fit in uh, on some on, on some continuum. So, right. So it seems like it uh, is a little bit weird, maybe in other places outside of Portland. One thousand percent. All right. Yeah. So moving on to some of the things that I gathered as far as notes from from what you uh, what you mentioned along the way. I'm just going to take this as as they came. But you mentioned that you were yeah. in education for a while. <laughs> were you a teacher? Yeah. So I. I studied preclinical pre-counseling psychology in college. And then, so I was a substitute teacher for a number of years, first as like an instructional assistant. And then when I got a qualified license, I, I just did substitute teaching. So I didn't ever go in full time, but like a couple of years ago during the pandemic, I had like a kindergarten class. So we, and we taught bilingual. So I did a lot of bilingual stuff. So I taught a bilingual kindergarten class uh, starting on over zoom and then transitioning them to in-person. So Trying to do Zoom kindergarten class was a riot. So yeah, definitely tons of of wild wild experiences with kiddos. So yeah, yeah, that sounds like something where you basically just clock into Zoom and hope for the best. It, it's actually crazy uh, that we have we seem to have a, a quite a bit in common. We were both wrestlers in, at a younger age. We both took a, a, and learned um, Spanish. Mine has really started to fade because mm-hmm. I don't use it anymore. But it was my minor when I went to school. And so, yeah, I kind of, um, I don't know, I feel, you know, sort of a kinship to my, to my Spanish speaking brother, but come on. Well, another thing that you mentioned that interests me is the uh, traveling aspect. I used to do it a lot more before my son was born, but broadly, generally, what are some of the places that stand out to you as either uh, you had an awesome time there or it was just, God, I never want to go back. Yeah. I, you know, let's see. India, India is a fascinating country. I spent two and a half months there and then stayed with friends and family friends and then all the way up northeast towards India is is so fascinating. They call it a subcontinent because every state is like another country. It has its own culture, its own food, its own language. And so it, it doesn't really do justice. Call it a country because it really is like a continent. Uh, but India is just fascinating, man. It is so for a year and a half that as well was that as well was a whole, a whole experience. But I would say as a whole, I don't know if there's, there's not any country per se that I would say, oh man, I, I never want to go back there. And there's not, there's not a whole lot of countries that I'm like, oh, I have to go back to. But for me, it's always been about the personal connection. I just more remember like moments with people. I remember like interactions with people or friends that I made in the countries versus like the country as a whole. But, um, yeah, man, I think everyone should get out after, especially after high school or college. Like, look, just get out for six months, see the world. It's a big place. And and then come back to America. Right on. Yeah, good uh, good advice for sure. I definitely uh, feel that and and uh, I second it. Just the, uh, the two things that I always usually ask pretty much everybody for very little reason other than it interests me. And uh, this one may or may not fall into your ballywick just because you did some traveling and when people travel, they tend to see uh, the ocean, uh, tend to see a lot of places. So in the course of your, your I guess, life, um, certainly your travels, any encounters, uh, interesting, relatable 
exciting encounters with A, sharks, B, ghosts. That's amazing. A, sharks, B, ghosts, right? Yeah, those, those, in that, those in are that. My, top, uh, my top two, uh, you know, questions, I guess. Good. Perfect. We're on the same page then in terms of priorities, life priorities. Uh, yeah. Joe Rogan and the Paranormal and then Shark Week. Uh, okay. Quick question back to you. Have you have either of you guys seen the Malibu artist uh, on you, like the channel Malibu artist on YouTube? No. Okay. Okay. You got to check him out. He he does drone footage of great white sharks on like the California coast. And it's super fascinating because he, he loves sharks and he'll, he'll film sharks like swimming around people and they're just like he kind of breaks this whole idea that sharks are this like bloodthirsty monsters they just are like docilely swimming past surfers and checking things out so anyways if you're into sharks malibu artists on on youtube you're welcome um yeah (laughs) done and and, uh okay so when i when i was in hawaii visiting family that lived there like back in 2000 like not in 2006 or seven, maybe. So I was the, in, in Kona in the big Island. They have um, the Iron Man. They have this like long pier and it's like they have buoys out there. And so it's where the cruise ships come and dock in like swim mile. And so it's this big Marina area, but it's, it's pretty deep. And so one, it's, it's kind of unsettling. You feel like you're just, it's like 40 feet deep, but super clear. And so you, it's this weird feeling. You feel like you're suspended in air and just like really vulnerable. And you just are like this little dot in this crystal clear water. So I was going out and swimming one night and, uh, well, not one night, like it was the sun, all, all the same uh, from the bottom was kicking up getting cloudy and the waves were starting to kick i ran probably 30 feet of water like and my heart just like i just like stopped i was like oh oh my gosh like just my my heart my chest was like a monster shark and i'm i'm swimming like storms coming in and i'm just cruising in and so i i look down and and I check again and it's this huge uh, manta ray. And it, I think they call them an eagle ray, but it's, it was just a giant manta ray. But luckily I'm like, I'm like, oh Lord, wow. That was, that was close. So a fake, a fake, uh, a fake shark moment. And then another time, I think I was with my little brother, we were in Mexico and right off the, right off the beach, uh, we were kind of swimming and paddling around and all of like, and a couple fins popped up and we're like, well, I think this is it. I think we can just kind of sign off of planet Earth, but it was dolphins. So those are my like, those are my, those are my like false alarms, you know, like everything's a shark when you're in the water. And then man, ghost stories. I wish I had some awesome ghost stories, but now I have to flip it on you guys. Like I, now that I'm here, I have to know a good shark stories, B good ghost stories. I don't know if I can ask questions on the show, but if I can. Oh yeah. I mean, you're more than welcome yeah. to, uh, to, I got to hear them. Too. Uh, Dan, do you have any that, you can throw out there first um not in particular i mean i've heard like well we had that one friend that lived michael his house seemed to be haunted like i did hear some crazy not crazy things but like you would hear creaking boards or like one night we were sitting there and um he had a dog we were sitting in the living room and it was two-story house and we were just chilling and all of a sudden a piece of like a couple pieces of dog food just started like rolling down the stairs individually. I don't even know if you were there for that, Corey. I think it was just me, but uh, me, him and a couple other people. But yeah, they just kind of rolled down and his dog was sitting like on his lap on the couch. And we were all just chilling, watching a movie. And we were all like, what the hell just happened? And I've heard he told stories, but 
I, I don't know, or you can speak for this. He's one of those that's kind of, he's a little out there. Like he kind of reminds me of, of Kramer from Seinfeld. If you ever watched that show, he's, he's okay. just, yeah. He, so I don't know whether to believe a lot of his stories, but I, I did at least experience that. And it was, it was kind of weird. That's about all I got. <laughs> I'll take it. All right. Uh, as far as me, when I was a kid, I grew up, my house was haunted. And like when I, I was really, we're talking sub 11 years old from like, I don't know, six to 11, something like that. They, uh, my mom, it was just me and my mom. She tried to hide it from me. I would like tell her that I heard things or whatever. And she'd say, oh, no, no, you, that's the house. And turns out that, you know, like after we moved out, she told me it was haunted. And then the, I think someone moved in after we left. And then lo and behold, my grandpa moves in there into the same house. And so I stay with him sometimes and our bedroom is the same. And that time there was a night where I was up after them and it sounded like someone, my bedroom, uh, where there's no real way to, to share scope where we are. But uh, if I'm sitting at my bedroom door, then the basement door is just basically two large steps away. And I swear I heard someone like walking up and down the steps, like they would come up to the door and not like try the door or you know, knock on the door or anything, but just turn right back around and go back down the steps. Uh, I actually, while I was explaining that, I remembered another time where I was as a child, I had uh, bunk beds and I would sleep on the top bunk. I think just to pitifully like pretend that I had friends that were spending the night or something, but I would sleep on the top bunk, be kind of close to the roof, uh, certainly close to the ceiling. I would hear what sounded like people walking around on the roof at night. Like I would, you know, go screaming into my mom and be like, oh, you know, somebody's up there. And she'd be like, no, you're, you're hearing things. And there was one night where it like made me mad instead of making me scared. And so like in like this really loud whisper that there was, you know, basically no way anyone human could hear. I was like, I'm about tired of this. You scared me like every night. And if you don't quit, I'm going to come up there and I'm going to, I'm going to beat you up. I don't even think I used like profanity because I was so young, but I was like, I'm tired of you scaring me every night. This is it. Let me hear it one more time. And I never heard it again. Now, granted that was before I moved, you know, back in with my grandpa or he moved in and I spent the night with him. So maybe the ghost forgot about me and, and wanted to make, make fun of me again. Uh, but as far as uh, sharks, my extents. Um, with sharks is also from Hawaii. When I was in the army, I was stationed in uh, Oahu. Yep. There were times where I would go snorkeling. I went to, are you familiar with Oahu? Yeah. Uh, you were, were you stationed at Honolulu? Yeah. Yeah. My, I'm, I'm not, I really want to go to Kauai and, and um, Oahu, but my brother was stationed there for a bit, but not, I haven't been. Uh, I just won't get too specific then. So there were there was one time where we were on the north and a buddy of mine, we were out. Uh, actually, it was called Shark's Cove. Sure enough, uh, we were snorkeling and diagonally from us, but closer to the shore than we were, was just the biggest shark I had ever seen in, in, in the wild, uh, which was the only shark I had ever seen in the wild <laughs> to that point. But it was gigantic. Uh, it looked like, a, you know, a great white. Um, it wasn't big enough to be something like, you know, enormous, like a whale shark or anything like that. <laughs> Um, but it could, you know, it could have been a, a maybe a big tiger shark. It was kind of far off, but the fact that it was far off and still rather large, you know, gave me the impression that it was like it would be bigger if it was up close. Be that as it may, we, you know, jumped out almost as if we were able to walk on water. 
and saw someone else that was snorkeling and we actually told them, hey, you know, we saw a shark, you need to get out. The one other time after that, I was in, a, I think it's on the East Coast. It's a bay and the bay, like apparently lots of places in Hawaii, there's an invisible line down the middle. And if you're on the left side, you're safe and you're happy and you're, it's gentle waves from sun up to sundown. And if you're on the right side, well, it's a drowning risk. And I found myself on the right side and was just trying to uh, snorkel my way back to the beach. And I reached forward like, like this motion that the listeners on Spotify will never, never know what I mean. But anyways, I reached forward and I saw this fin with a little white tip on the end kind of dart away right before I could grab it, which I wasn't intending to, but I would have grabbed it if it hadn't flittered away, you know, before I could bring my arms <clears throat> back down to, to propel myself. And I don't know what would have happened if I would have grabbed its tail, but I'm glad I didn't. So that was, that was my only real life experiences, but they, the shark things, they all stem from watching Jaws at, at much too early of an age. I just was scarred from, you know, way too young. So they repulsed me and fascinated me ever since then. 100%. Did, was, was that an was it a big shark when you like were reaching out swimming and almost grabbed its like dorsal fin or whatever? Was it like big or was it a smaller one? I would believe based off of how how tall the 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 fin was that it was maybe, you know, four to five feet long. It wasn't anything big. Okay. But a four, you know, if a four foot uh, long shark turned and, and took a nip at me, I'm going to the hospital. So yeah. I'm yeah. glad that it I, I assume it knew I was there. It almost had to know I was there, but I'm glad that it got away before we were able to meet in a more intimate manner. Me so Dan, unless you have anything that you uh, wanted to throw out there, anything else to ask, I'm going to move on to the important part of the show. Yeah, I've got a, a two quick ones. One's kind of fun and one's kind of serious. We'll start serious. Uh, what's one thing you would recommend for somebody that's never visited Oregon to go ahead and go do anywhere in the state. Yeah, man. I would so like Oregon. I just will say like Oregon is so cool. You can go like in an hour, you can where I'm at in an hour, you can go snowboarding on Mount hood or in an hour and a half, you can go to the coast. So, I mean, if you're in Portland, something that's cool is the, uh, the Portland Japanese gardens. I, it's like such a peaceful place. And it's internationally like recognized. People come from all over the, the world to check it out. So honestly, if you if you're in Portland and and you want to make a a day trip of something, go to Powell's Bookstore. I think it's the largest used bookstore in the world in the country. It's like an entire block, three or four stories tall. That's super cool. You just get lost in there for hours. They've got a rare book section. I think one book is like seven thousand dollars. Like. So we've got this lock and key rare book section you go in. You can see all these old ancient manuscripts. And then and then stroll over to the Portland Japanese Garden. Uh, you, you, uh, it's, it's not too expensive, but it's just very peaceful. They've got the whole like sand garden where they rake the sand. And then they've got like this beautiful um, cherry, Japanese like cherry blossom. And sometimes they even have the bonsais exhibits where they've got these all these cool bonsais. Yeah, I would say check out the Portland Japanese Garden if you're in Portland. There's a ton more, but those are a couple. Right on. And uh, the last one, the, the kind of silly one, this is a personal preference, uh, beach or mountains? Right now, beach. Nice. Yeah. All right. Guy. How about you guys? Yeah. yeah. Mountain? Yeah. I grew up I grew up in the mountains. And I, we live in the mountains. So, I mean, I like the beach. It's cool. It's nice. It's relaxing. But I love the mountains. Yeah. I'm with you, too. Like, I, I every every uh, summer and winter, a lot of times we go to my, my grandparents' um, 
vacation house that was at, it's at Black Butte Ranch. So it's up in the mountains uh, in the Cascades and just so peaceful. It's this, it's this like little ranch area that's surrounded by mountains. So nice. yeah, likewise, but for some reason right now, I've just been feeling there's something about sitting on the sand, like staring at the ocean. That's kind of just, you just yeah. kind of check out. Um, so how about you, Corey? Beach or mountain? Well, as Dan said, we are surrounded by mountains. So I guess by default, I have to say I prefer the mountains. My my dream location, which is not where we are, would be somewhere, you know, where I lived in the mountains, but the beach was very short drive away. I, off the top of my head, I'm drawing a blank on where that might be. But I, in general, prefer the warm weather. So I think that maybe one day I'll just win the lottery and then I can get me a, a nice little beach house and I can be a, a snowbird or whatever they call it, where I, I fly down during the, during the winters. I love it. Good question though. <laughs> you caught me off guard with that. I was like, that's not what Dan, what? So right on now to, uh, and, and, and please internet uh, agree with us here, but now to, <laughs> to you now to what you're here to, to really talk about and to start off, maybe I'm, Maybe I'm going backwards a little bit on this, but it is something that I made a note of before. You've created, you've built, and you've sold two different, uh, well, businesses, certainly, yeah. almost call them industries, but businesses. When do you know it's time to sell? You know, you, you've built this thing because it's a passion of yours or, or you know, yeah. it really greatly interests you in some way. When do you know, okay, it's time for me to step aside. I've got my field or, or whatever it is that, that clicks for you that lets you you know move on yeah no that's a good question and and um you know sometimes it's easy on the internet to to make yourself sound like you're way bigger of a deal than you are and so i'll you know i'll be i'll be like transparent and i i did sell the magazine but it wasn't like i made six figures or even seven figures on it you know and so just as like a context for like i i've been so fascinated by like business and i think just because i'm like i want to build a machine that generates cash flow for me so that I can get on doing the things that I want to do and answer like the money question. And so that's where I've like been consistently coming back to like tinkering on business systems and, and processes and, and the machine of like, how do you build something that offers value to the world where people want to pay you for that thing and it doesn't consume your whole life in a nine to five way. And I think that dads like a lot of dads would like even though when we were talking about your podcast i was like i'm not a dad yet i'm like always thinking about like family and parenting and and that world and you're like dude come on anyway so i think it's something that a lot of dads would would relate to as well like hey how do i can i actually get out of the the nine to five deal and be able to spend time with my family and and still and still make money doing something else so that's an aside but I, so i would say I'll just, I can, all, all I can do is like share my re relationship with the businesses. So when I built the social magazine for this affluent neighborhood here in Portland, the, the model was, it was, it's a small intimate magazine and you sell advertisers into it that want to do business with, right? Like wealthy people in that area. So real estate brokers, landscapers. So anyways, I'll, a lot of it was the advertising part was to, to build the, the revenue for the magazine. And, and for me, I sold it because I was burnt out. Like I, which is part of like why I do what I do now. Like I, I did lifts. I was a lift driver in the evening and weekends. And then during the day I would meet with all of these like landscapers, business owners, electricians, plumbers, all these guys that had businesses that would want to advertise. And so by the time I built the magazine, it took me a year to build out all the advertising to make it cash flow positive. 
I did it all on my own. By the time I was done, I was just burnt out. Like I was just like probably overwhelmed, anxious, depressed, stressed. I was like, I freaking hate this. Like I hate, I hate this thing so much. So for me, it was like out of necessity. There was another person that was doing a, um, a magazine as well in another neighborhood. I sold it to her and, and, and that was still positive. Like I still, it was cool to walk away with um, a chunk of change. So I would say sometimes, you know, you have to sell something or abandon ship just because it's killing you. And you're like, dude, this is not a good fit for me. Like it doesn't work for me. I'm not energized by it. And then the second one, I, 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 uh, circling back, I, I misspoke on the Airbnb. I, I just shifted out of it, been doing it for the last three years and just pivoted. So I, I have to want to always try I want to make sure that I'm like speaking with integrity. So I, I didn't sell that one. I just, just pivoted out of, out of that. I was doing, I was doing arbitrage. So, uh, where an owner has the real estate property and this way, I don't have to have $50,000 for down payment. So I would rent it from the homeowner and then with an express like addendum to the contract that I could use it for a short-term vacation rental. And so that I would make the margin between if I paid, if it cost me $2,000 to rent it and I made $4,000 a month on Airbnb, my profit margin was, was 2000. Um, and it was just for a few reasons, which I could go into, but yeah, it was just time to kind of pivot that and, and, and shift. So yeah, I hope that, I don't know if that kind of answers or speaks to it, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. Informative answers actually. Yeah, yeah. So just one more question about the magazine. If you weren't able to sell like you ended up doing, would you still have walked away? Yeah. Yeah. I would have. Cause I, I'm a big believer in like, I don't think you have to, I don't think your source of income has to be per se something that you're even passionate about or that you, I don't even think you have to per se like love the thing that you're like, sometimes I think we're good at things and we're just good at it. Like my buddy's almost a journeyman electrician. Like he's just good at it. It's not necessarily his passion, but he's a hard worker and he's smart. And so I, I don't always, and I'd be curious, I'd be curious what you guys would have to say about that too. Like, I know there's so many different ideas about like, do what you're passionate about, do what you're like. I, I think all that can work, but I, I think for me, where I, where I draw the line is like, man, if this thing is killing me, if, if I can't, if I can't shut it down, if I'm net negative at the end of the day, like if I'm burnt out, exhausted and depressed, it's like I have to move on to at least something that's net neutral. And so right now I'm in a position where one of the my day job that I'm doing is is like net neutral clock in clock out. I have a, I have a book of business as a full truck broker. So I, I broke transportation of goods and services and, and logistics. So that, that business that I run for myself is like net neutral, but building a, a net positive business business as well. So I, I'd be curious, like in your guys' career, work career, like, you know, when did you guys know you had to like walk away or, or when did you know, like, Hey, I found my, my thing. If you don't mind asking or answering. Do you want to take this first, Dan? Uh, yeah, sure. I've got a couple different things on that. Um, like you were saying, you get burnout and it started to, I guess the, what I took from the net negative, like you just, you go to work and when you come home, you'd be in an even worse mood or you'd carry it with you. That's kind of how I took that. And that's how yep. it was for me at not my last job, but the job before that I would just come home because it was, it was a physical job and I would be physically exhausted, emotionally exhausted and it started to hinder my relationship with now what is now my wife. And I was just short and just negative all the time. And to put it bluntly, an asshole. And Real that's talk. not who I am. Yeah, that's not who I am. I'm a, I'm a pretty nice guy, I like to believe. And um, uh, it just wasn't working out. So I had, to, I, had to, I had to sit down and think and really look for something that I thought maybe, hey, I need something. If something needs to change and the only 
thing that I really want to change is my job. I love my, my wife. I love, you know, everything else, but my job is, I think what's hurting. And as soon as I got into a job that I enjoyed doing that, I mean, it wasn't my dream job, but that stuff fell back in line and we were, we were back to normal and, you know, everything just kind of worked, it ironed itself out. So yeah, I definitely feel where you're coming from. I also believe that even if you found the job that like you really wanted, like growing up and even sometimes now, like I always wanted to be a musician and play in front of thousands of people on a stage and, and write music. And that was, that's what I wanted to do. And even that has its own stresses and makes you want to quit on a, on a, so really, I don't think, I mean, yeah, there's, like I said, I would love to be, I would drop my job in a heartbeat if I knew I could be a musician to make it, but you still have those bad days and you still have those stresses that can, can weigh on the relationship or, or your, or your health or anything. Work sucks. It's something we got to do. And you just yeah. got to kind of bite your lip and go with it. Like I said, even mm-hmm. your dream job is going to suck on occasion. Yeah. Well said, man, that's, that's well said. And, and right. Like making that shift out of like, if I can't come home and at least be done with it, like if it's coming home with me and it's like, eating yeah. at my soul like i gotta make a change so i'm, I'm with you yeah. down on that Corey. i'm curious what you would you would say too i feel, I feel like dan had a much better put together answer mine <laughs> as i was trying to formulate it it was all over the place you know it's it's kind of complicated i do feel like in our area first and foremost i think in our area you're a little bit a little bit limited on your choice of employment we are yeah. in the south we are not only are we in the South, but we're in uh, more of a rural area of the South. So if you want to be like Dan mentioned, uh, a musician, if you want to be uh, like, I I really love comic books and my dream job would be to work for like Marvel or DC. And that's very location specific. Mm, So you have to kind of let those dreams go. And it Mm. took me a little while to realize that I was, going to have to settle when it came to employment. And then the only thing that allowed me to do that was to convince myself that your job, at least around here, your job is not who you are. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just a way to get you, you know, what you need in life. Yeah. And if you're, if you are lucky enough that you enjoy your job, then awesome. And that leads me into my second part. I have never had a job that I enjoyed. Uh, the only thing that I've ever come close to enjoying was me and Dan had two bands that we were in, and that was uh, a lot of fun. They both fell apart <laughs> due to circumstances outside of our control. So that makes it much yeah. easier to swallow, you know, when they, when they uh, fail like that. But um, beyond that, this podcast is the only thing that I've ever done that I could consider remotely a career, at least a part-time career that yeah. I have enjoyed. And even this, like before we started, I was the nausea was so bad. I was like coughing, I like to keep down my, my throat every time I, yeah. cause my social anxiety is just through the roof. I am the most introverted person that I know. And yeah. every time it's getting close to, to turning on that zoom and talking to yet another stranger, I'm just, it's, it's hell. It's just torture. But at the same time, you know, when it, when it actually gets started and certainly when we're done, it's always, just a huge like serotonin dopamine boost i don't know you know pick whichever chemical you want because i always feel significantly better after it's over with and even when it's just (laughs) me and dan doing our our you know duo thing it's a it's like therapy where we can you know get out whatever we want to to talk about yeah so long story short 
uh, or long story, actually very, very long. I'm the type of person that does not do something for long if I don't enjoy it. And yeah, but not to not to uh, hijack this. No, that's good. Uh, I wanted to know you, uh, you know, your your Facebook it uh, word for word, you're helping business owners move from burnout to breakthrough. So yes. define for me what is a breakthrough. We all know what yeah. burnout is. It sounds What's like a, a breakthrough. It sounds like a book title. Yeah, right. From burnout to breakthrough. Yeah, uh, you should definitely use that if you ever write a book. Yeah, yeah. Done. And oh, that, that was supposed to be a compliment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm 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 down for that. Uh, I actually am. I'm working on a, a a book with my business mentor, so we'll uh, we'll see what the title ends up ends up being. But. Uh, you were just saying like, what is, we know what burnout looks like. What does breakthrough look like? Uh, you know, I, I think of, I know breakthrough is this really like, maybe it's like, you know, some words lose their meaning because they're kind of like just put out there all the time. So maybe it's an unhelpful word to use now because it's like, we all kind of know what it means. And like, also what does it mean? I think for me, breakthrough means getting unstuck. I think that's, I think that if, if there's an area in my life where I feel stuck and there's this like, uh, there's this energy there that's like, it's just not working. And then, and then something happens where I'm like, it's working. This, this is like working out. And that could be in my marriage, like my wife and I, where it could be like, this just, something isn't working here. And then we, we talk it through. Like, so I would even say like mini, mini breakthroughs, like, and sometimes my wife and I will go through the cycle every day. Like, We'll both get home from work. We're kind of fried and we try to like engage and we just miss each other. And it's like, this is where I'm tripping over. We're tripping over each other. Like this isn't like, can we just take a beat or just whatever? Um, and then we, we, we talk it through. It's like, oh, we just had this like mini breakthrough. We were like, we got home, we were stuck and now we're unstuck. And so, uh, and I think in, in for myself too, um, I think there's, there's sometimes even like energetic cycles to break through to getting unstuck and and sometimes it happens on like a daily basis or or a seasonal basis so for me you know so i will i will say for myself let's say in my business there's times where in my in my belief system about what i'm capable of and who i am and what i can create and build i'm i'm stuck i'm like i'm overwhelmed i'm anxious uh i'm i'm blocked down but then through whatever sequence I get to the other side of that where I'm like, man, okay, my mind is strong. I, I see clearly, like, I know I can do this. I believe I can do this. I'm going to take massive action. I'm going to actually, I'm going to actually do something here. And even like being on this show with you guys is a part of that. I'm like, you know, I've got my, like on my wall, I've got my, uh, my list of like decisions. So I don't talk about like goals for myself. I don't talk about goals or, oh, I wish it's like, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to either do this or not do this. And that's okay with me. It's okay for me to have a goal or desire that I don't decide to do anything with. It's just out there floating in the ether. I'm okay with that. But if I'm like, I'm going to do something, then I'm like, all right, I'm writing this down. And one of the things was like, hey, I'm going to host a hundred people on my show. And then I'm going to be on a hundred shows as a guest. And I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to get at it. And so that for me is like, all right, there's this, there's this stuckness. And I'm sure you guys can experience as like hosting this podcast, right? Sometimes, like you said, in your mind, like I like even Corey, I would say you, right? Like that's so cool to hear about. Not cool that you have social anxiety, but so cool that like you're like, I want to do this podcast and it like makes me sick to my stomach at the same time. And I have this weird twisted relationship with wanting to do things that make me want to throw up. But it's like, but that's sometimes like that's where like the edge of genius and insanity, right? It's like I I'm like compulsively drawn to this art form that I just kind of have to do, even though it's like Jackson, but so it's like each you go through this cycle every every show of like you're stuck. You're like maybe they'll cancel, maybe Matthew will cancel. That would kind of be cool, and then I wouldn't have yeah, to do almost it. Almost like will he cancel? <laughs> you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, Hey, Matthew, are you, are we good? And like, if you want to cancel for any reason whatsoever, ever, like that's cool too. So it's like, it's like <clears throat> you're stuck and then you get on the show and like you, you are, you are unstuck. So I know it's maybe a little rambly, but I, I think that I think breakthrough is getting unstuck and that could be in our body in our, in our psychology and our emotions. Um, but I think when, when, if you're, if whoever's listening to this, if you're in a position where you can't seem to move out of this thing and then, but you can remember a time in your life where like, I used to be, I used to be this, I used to be hundred pounds overweight and now I'm in really good shape. Or I used to be, I used to be terrified and get in front of a mic. And now, even though I still am terrified, I'm in front of a mic to me. I'm like, you're unstuck because you've taken action. Uh, and that's a breakthrough. That's, I don't know. I don't know where you guys think about in your life or what you've seen with, and how you would define breakthrough. That's kind of where I frame it up with my clients. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much nailed where I would have come from. Somebody asked me the same question. It is, like you said, kind of a uh, a, a catch-all to a certain degree. But to to you know to greatly simplify it, you you seem to be describing yourself as as a sort of mental mechanic, or like somebody would go to you with you know with like this is broke, can you fix it? And you you find a way to you know kind of uh, unclog the drain. And to, and to get things, uh, you know, flowing again, like they should be. And yeah. I yeah. honestly, uh, you yeah, know, I'm down there that. have been times where uh, I've needed that. I never had it, but I can speak from experience when I say that all dads are going to reach a point where, you know, they feel like, it, you know, it could be something that you view as just a roadblock you can't get around, but there's, there's always a way to, like you said, break through that. And, you know, get your life, mm -hmm. you know, if either back to the way you need it to be or to get it to the next level and, and progress to, mm -hmm. to more of a, what you want to be. I don't want you to uh, give away uh, too much. I saw that you have more than a, a few videos on YouTube and um, everybody should should go check that out. But if you could give what you would say, uh, you know, maybe you want to call it your elevator pitch uh, or maybe you just want to call it one good piece of advice like what would you say that ha you haven't already that would draw people in to to your to what you're doing to your show on youtube yeah it's just so kind of sharing what i'm what i'm doing on the on the youtube show um on mine as well yeah i would say like my so the the show that i host is called the good life and so the so the focus is what are the fundamental building blocks to a good life? And so for me, there's about five, there's health, relationships, wealth, spirituality, and then like your, your craft, your calling, your skill set, um, or the business you're building something in there. And so we, we kind of look at all those, but right now over the next like hundred episodes, I'm really focusing on working with business owners and entrepreneurs and helping them move from from burnout to breakthrough. So that's everyone that comes on there kind of intersects that on some way, shape or form, body, mind, spirit. Um, and so I would say, yeah, if, if people, if, if you're, if you're a, a business owner or an entrepreneur and you're, you've had success, you've built something successful and you're like, okay, I know how to do this thing. I have the skill set, but for whatever reason I've got stuck, I've lost the vision for the where I'm going. I've lost belief in myself. I've lost the energy it takes to get there. And that could be for a whole host of reasons, anxiety, depression, whatever. Then I'd say, hey, I, that's what we're jamming on. And I think I think we've got some stuff that could help. And I, I think I one P, I guess if I were to like lead, like 
offer something to people like uh, and and localize it to dads um i would say i would say that sometimes i know for myself i let i let negative energy compound in in even in a daily basis um man i feel guilty that i like I'm spending time with my wife, but I need to be working on my business, but I want to be with her, but I should be doing this. Or man, I stayed up late to work on the business and now I got six hours of sleep and it's always kind of this juggling. And so I would say if I could like offer something that I'm walking out in my own life, it's like, hey, every day is a new day. Like yesterday's done. When you wake up in the morning, it's a new day. Like the things you said between your kids and your wife and your partner, like it's done. Make amends. The the failures, the failures of yesterday. Uh, the things you wish you would have done, like it's done, release that energy. It's not, it doesn't matter. Like even the victories and then let every day be a new day. And even, even I would say like multiple times a day, you know, <clears throat> there's times where I'm, I'm down a YouTube hole or an Instagram hole. And I'm like, F I just, I just screwed away like two hours. I, I don't know where it went. It's gone. And and I could let that, I could let that mistake uh, hijack the rest of my night. And so I would say as quickly as you can, get to as quickly as you can get back to to neutral to say like oh that was stupid i i just burned out like two hours of of on instagram or man it's 3 a.m and i'm on youtube because i just need a break but like now i'm not going to sleep like as quickly as you can can of releasing the negative energy releasing the mistakes you've made and getting back to like okay it the morning was shot the afternoon is a new the, the afternoon's a new time or man i totally f that up with my interaction with a kid with my kid but it's um all right, after lunch, after nap, it's a new, it's a new time. So be gracious to yourself. Every day is a new day. And yeah, be gracious to yourself. Forgive yourself. Every day is a new day. Every day is a new start. That's what I would say. Right on. I, I cut these videos up. I don't really release the whole things because like I said, I don't think that I do a good enough job over the course of the entire interview. But I cut them up for clips on uh, TikTok, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, whatever. And you have like, you packed in maybe three different clips into that short little period of time. So I'll have, uh, I'll have to dig, dig out of that well, to, uh, to share those with everybody. Let's see. I, uh, we've reached out, actually the end of everything I had. Uh, you really gave out some good kind of thought provoking stuff. You, you come off as someone that I've spoken to before. You're really easy to, mm. you know, to get feedback from when you ask, when you turn around and ask us questions, that really makes it a lot more, friendly i guess for lack of yeah. a better term so it's been really fun talking to you yeah. and i don't know that uh you could find time in your schedule because you seem like a busy busy man but if you ever you know want to come back on let me know and uh i'm certainly a lot more free than you are and you are only um three hours behind and we're seemingly ready earlier today uh, without getting too much into that so um not too hard to to you know to schedule the uh the space yeah. but uh dan did you have anything else that you wanted to to get out there yeah i just had i i've been having a rough go here lately so i've been in and out of the show a little bit with some of these interviews i i have interviewed well helped interview one international guest because we for some reason some great reason have a lot of international fans which i love it i always seem to ask them this one question and I didn't know when he said you were, you know, still in the States. I was like, well, damn, there goes that one question. But you did say you like to travel or you have traveled abroad a lot. And I was wondering, what is the perception of us as Americans when you uh, when you've traveled to these different places? Like, do they really think we're arrogant pricks or, or are they cool with us or what? what? What's what's been your experience with that? Yeah, no, it's a good question. And like, 
to some degree, I don't, I don't fully know. Like it's a big wide world out there and I've only been to a strip of it. Like all, so, cause I've likewise, I've heard that too. Like, Oh, Americans, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, they just, so I, I think there's parts probably in, I, for whatever reason, I feel like maybe parts of Europe would hate us more, but um, all I can say is like everywhere I've been and like everyone I've met has been like so gracious. And there's, there's a lot of cultures that are big on hospitality and this is something like I wish we embraced more in America towards our own, our own Americans. Like they're, they're so big on hospitality that, um, I mean, I've had some off interactions about American politics once, um, with a Nigerian couple or something, but I think it was just cause like they knew more about my politics than I did. And I was like, I was like, and he's like, you don't know who your secretary of state is. And I was like, dude, I don't care. I don't know. Who's my secretary of state, man. He's like, you you stupid wow. American. I was like, you know what? Fine. I'll give it to you, man. But no, but I, I mean, I can just say like, man, going through India, like they, like they didn't even, we didn't even speak the same language, but they would just be like, come, they'd be like, come, come, come. So do the hand motion. And then they would send off this boy to like the, the tea runner and he'd go and grab tea. tea. And a lot of times there'd be like tea in a plastic, literally hot tea in a plastic bag. And they have these little cups and you just, I went down to this book binding shop. So they like, invite you just walking through the streets they invite you down to the cellar and they they're book binders and we just sit there and like we just sit and you kind of like ha- sit on your haunches and you just like uh share a cup of tea and you don't even speak the same language and then and then you like go on your day and so i maybe it's a little bit longer longer winded but i i've just always experienced like hospitality and so i imagine there's like lots of things that people like hate about america but they they yeah. have always like welcomed me as a guest and so i kind of wish that like in america we did that first it wasn't like who'd you vote for you know i wish like that wasn't wasn't the samuel <laughs> i wish we, that uh, we started an hour ago <laughs> i don't know if you can hear i don't know if you can hear us but right. yeah i wish that i wish that like we did that more in america you know just like instead of treating each other like which side are you on just like hey you're you're a human like want to grab coffee versus like oh i have a specific filter and if we right. align if we if our identities align in all these factors then we can be friends so anyways that's something really beautiful about the world that i'm like i'm sure there's a lot that they hated about america but they just treated me like a guest in their home and that was really cool right yeah hell yeah man uh yeah that's just like you said it's something that you see like on tv and in movies and shows that oh stupid american you're uh, it's just something I'm curious about. I mean, I, I will probably never meet these people in real life. Maybe. I mean, that'd be cool if I did, but like, you will, I just want to know how, like, cause like you said, we get that negative, um, that negative, uh, look or whatever from all media, uh, so, not social media, but media in general that we're arrogant Americans. And that's just something I've always been curious about. Yeah. Even when I went to Canada on it, we went to like a, an Alaskan cruise. And so we stopped in Victoria, BC. It's like, it was a super fun, vibey place, but we went into this pub and all the Canadians were like, like, Hey, let, let us buy you a drink. Like, hey, yeah. like, yeah. Like want to play darts with us. And I was like, dude, you guys are like <laughs> super friendly. Like I'm not from this country or this place where we just stopped in on a boat, but you're like buying me a drink and asking me to play darts. So yeah, there's a lot of hospitality out there. I'm sure there's, I'm sure you could go somewhere and they'd be like, F you Americans, but, um, right. but I've just only ever experienced like gracious hospitality. So right on. I will say though, being, um, I, I grew up in the northern part of the country, uh, the northeast, and mm. moved down south to, to Tennessee now. I will say that, that there is a difference uh, just even down in the, in, in the country. People down here are 
a lot mm. nicer. They're more like accepting of you, like at least back north and back home. They're not to throw shade, but they just kind of like, ah, the hell with you. Like, I don't know you, then the hell with you. I mean, it's kind of like that here, but like if you're stuck or if you're like broke down on the side of the road, mm. like that happened to me one time, somebody came and offered help that I didn't even, I didn't know him from the hole in a wall. And he yeah. just, hey man, you stuck, you need some help. Yeah, man, appreciate it. That's something that's kind of rare back, not in the town I'm from because it's really small, but in the in the bigger towns up there, that their mindset is just totally different. And like you said, I don't. We try to stay off the politics, but I think I think we need to get back to like it used to be. Like, hey, you need help? Okay, cool. I, I can help. I, I'm willing to help. Yeah. So. Yeah, hundred percent. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool regionally. And I mean, America is so big and vast. It's it's like yeah, even regionally, we've got different like subcultures and vibes. So that's really cool. All right. Well, uh, actually, now that we're down here at the end, I wanted to see if Dan has his typical show closer. Do you have anything prepared? Show closer. Yeah, I do actually. Uh, we always close the show on a yeah on a high note. With us being dads, it's kind of a rite of passage. When you become a dad, you're allowed to uh, make dad jokes. So I like to close the show with a, a dad joke. I don't know how this one's going to go over. I found it kind of funny because I, I used to do this kind of work. But uh, here we go. You guys want to hear a joke about construction? Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm still working on it. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, not, not the I greatest, love. but... Uh, I got a... Can I throw... Do you, guys, do you guys follow... I'm, I'm assuming then you follow dad jokes on Instagram, the account dad jokes? Uh, I, no, I, but yeah, I'm going to start, I, do, I guess. Yeah. Dude, so... All right, can I throw out a dad joke then? Yeah. Yeah, please. Okay. Dude, I, I like eat and breathe dad jokes. My wife is always like, dude, yeah. just stop, just stop. Nice. And I'm like, I'm just nice. getting warmed up. Okay. So my wife um, does the same thing. <laughs> I got this. Okay. The dad uh gets an argument, uh, gets an argument with his wife. And he so he go, he's going to his his therapist and he goes, My wife got angry because I didn't buy her flowers. And he said, I didn't even know she sold flowers. <laughs> oh nice. man. That's nice. another good one. They're always you're always like, if at first I'm like, God, that was terrible, and then I know it was a good dad joke. Yeah, it's the worst, the worst possible outcome. So I'll get if if we ever do this again, I'll come I'll come ready with like a, a memorized dad joke. That I just butchered that thing. Just 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 destroyed that thing. Uh, Sam, do you want to do you want to do the the honor and 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 take us out of here um, with a dad joke of your own? Sure, I, let's do what I can find here. Um, Who's got a dad joke my book? Oh, yeah, I do. I do. Gift of my kids. Love it. Um, I was keeping on my desk in case I need something uh, cheesy to contribute. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Here we go. <laughs> I got I to gotta say this with a straight face. What do you call a rock climbing band of pirates? Excuse me. Uh, I don't know. I don't even have a guess. Dan, you look like you want to try. You look like you got it. I'm on the tip of your tongue. I know. No, no, uh, no, Matthew. Uh, what do you call a rock climbing band of pirates? A a, a band of rock pirates. A rock band of pirates. <laughs> That's pretty good. Hey, you know Thanks, what? Man. I'll give you an A for effort. That was a good attempt. The answer yeah. is the Pirates of the Caribbeaners. Ah, uh, oh, heck yes, heck yes. Pirates of the Caribbeaners. Heck yes. That was that was really great. I'm gonna have so many clips from this. This is gonna be awesome. <laughs> That being said, I think we've come down here to the end, uh, as sad as that makes me. And I just want to take this last little bit to uh, thank you so much for coming on, Matthew. You've been an awesome guest. When, yeah, man. Uh, when I have fun, 
uh, I, you know, that's like twice as good for me. Really. I just want, uh, it's a success for me if, if you had fun. Uh, but when I have fun too, like right on. Um, so, you know, once again, thank you. And I guess just, uh, I'll let everybody say their goodbyes and I'll go ahead and sign us off. I had a, I had a blast. I'll just say like, seriously, thanks guys. This was fun. And, and Sam, you came in with a rocking dad joke. So that's all I need to know about you is like done, <laughs> but, uh, no, it'd be, it'd be fun to do it again. I mean, no, I just, I appreciate what you guys are doing and, and creating yeah space to have some, have some life, lighthearted moments, have some serious conversations. And, um, man, on a, on a part two, we could easily talk, rip into, uh, just mental health stuff. Um, there's so much there that would, that I feel like everyone um, on, at least in America, and if not planet earth would, would benefit from, but this was, this was a lot of fun guys. And I'm, I'm really glad we, uh, we got to do this. So thanks for being gracious host. Yeah, man. Uh, it was awesome to have you. It, like Corey said, it was basically like talking to a friend like that we haven't seen in forever. Like you were so easy to talk to and I hope that uh, you had fun and I hope that we were kind of the same. Like we, at least we showed that vibe and yeah, I'm glad you came on, man. And look forward to uh, and definitely a, a future episode. I don't know much yeah. about the mental health stuff. I know I have some sort of issues up top, but uh, yeah, it'd be more of a learning episode for me, but I would definitely love to, to do that with you guys sometime. Yeah, me too. Count me in. Like uh, if you, if you come on for another episode or another recording, I'd love to coordinate and be part of that conversation sometime. So that'd be a blast. Um, that'd be a blast. Part two. I think that mental yeah. health, like you said, is important for everybody, dads included. Yeah, and if you know dad's got a good head on his shoulders, then his son's you know a step ahead. Yeah. So with that being said, thank you guys for all of you future millions of listeners that are going to be downloading and sharing and liking this. And uh, once more, thank you to Matthew Rollins, the uh, master of helping business owners move from burnout to breakthrough. He is my uh, my current hero doing good things out there on the West Coast. And for uh, Dan and, and Sam and, and Matthew, uh, this is your two dads and we will check you later. Check you later. Right. Peace. See you next time. Check you later. I want you to know it's over. Well. Bye. You smell that, Bill? Smells like someone died.